1: back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Core 4 Podcast, a podcast under the Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network, alongside GBB Live, 3&D, and the newly formed podcast, Starting 5, which is from the Let's Be Real podcast from Overtime Heroics. So we're super excited to add a fourth podcast, especially those guys that are super talented. They've got a lot of chemistry, and it's going to be a very fun show. Grizzly Bear Blues is a blog under SB Nation. You can find it on the web at grizzlybearblues.com or on Twitter at SB and Grizzlies. I'm your host, Parker Fleming, and with me is none other today, Nathan Chester, aka the Chili's God.
0: I ate some big mouth bites before the show, but I don't think that makes me a Chili's guy. Chili's is the type of thing that I think where you're not really in the mood to spend a lot of money. So you think, all right, what's the best mediocre food that I can get for a good price? And Chili's always oh, gets the I job love
1: Chili's. Love Chili's uh, <laughs> very <so> much. <laughs> hey,
0: th- their ribs are about as good as any barbecue place in Memphis. That's my hot take. For
2: the okay. Show. All right. <laughs> I'm not putting it that hot.
0: They're, they're okay, but I'm not putting uh, anyway, it that hot. But anyway, Parker, back to what you originally said. Say I'm doing great man I, I'm having an awesome day because uh, we have some new blood in the house man uh, we added some people to the staff and one of those people is one Bryce Hayes who's joining us for the podcast here today Bryce what's up my man
2: nothing much man you know it's a good day join the staff today got to add some new blood feel like you know, let's use a wrestling reference. I feel like Adam Cole. You know, I've already made a name for myself in another promotion, but you know, bring some new blood to already established yeah. territory over here with Grizzly Bear Blues. But you know, let's add you- some new juice
0: you, you got to be ready to run through a wall already, man, and we're not only two minutes in. I love the energy. I love it, man.
1: Yeah, and so Bryce is joining GBB as is Leanna Ritter of Overtime Heroics who covers the Memphis Tigers. Eric Nelson, who runs the Grizz Film Breakdown Twitter account. Uh, Jesse Salinki. I think I probably botched the last name, but another talented writer from Rotoballer in the Playground Network. And then we also got the guys from the Let's Be Real podcast. So it's going to be super exciting. Bryce, you, you're, we're already on the same page here using the, the wrestling terms. I, whenever, whenever Joe calls himself the, the undertaker of Grizz, of Grizz blogging, I always like to call myself the Seth Rollins. I will, have to, I will happily take the Adam Cole route with this one. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so, Bryce, uh, you mentioned you came over from another promotion where I mean, you, you established a brand of what you did. So just tell the people where you came from.
2: So as of May, I am a graduate of Rhodes College. So, it was, you know, it's a good thing and a bad thing, you know, with everything going on with Corona. But while mm-hmm. I was at Rhodes, I was able to have the privilege of – starting my own podcasts and social media kind of working as the sports marketing branch for Rhodes athletics. And I got to do that and got paid for it. That was my work study job. So when I wasn't on the field as a college football player, I was at pretty much any other sports games, tweeting, posting on Instagram, interviewing the coaches, pretty much anything that you can think of that pertains to sports media. I was trying to get it done and put a, a little bit of a light on little D3 school here in Memphis that kind of gets overlooked by a big brother at the University of Memphis.
0: Yeah. So, Bryce, I just graduated from Union University, um, and I graduated. Uh-huh. We just had our ceremony, I think, two or three weeks ago, our graduation ceremony. So, I almost feel like you're a kindred spirit with me in this, and that, like, the last semester of our senior year was just completely ripped away from us. We weren't For able sure. to... We weren't able to have those same experiences. So, like, how did you deal with it all? Obviously, that's a huge roadblock to overcome. And then you're also trying to find your place. What's next after that? How did you deal with all that?
2: I mean, I'm still trying to figure out what's next. I mean, this is probably the first good news I've gotten in a while. But outside, outside of that, you know, just try to mask up, stay out the way. Um, work. I still pretty much work out every day. Like I'm still an athlete. I mean, I'm running Tom Lee Park pretty much every day. Or running the Mud Island. Riding my bike. Staying busy. This is the most rest I've probably had since I was in middle school. So,
1: <laughs>
2: a lot of Netflix, a lot of Hulu, a lot of Amazon Prime. Just resting. It's something I haven't been able to do in years. So I'm taking full advantage. and hopefully, uh, another job opportunity will show up soon. But, you know, just rest and, you know, I'm, I'm taking the rest, enjoying it. I think it's a blessing in disguise. Just trying to look at the positives about all this because if you look at the negatives of this situation, you'll be in a bad mood a lot. And that's something I try not to be in.
0: For sure, man. Got to always take that glass half full approach and everything. Yeah, and so,
1: Bryce, I'll, I'll start off the uh, the Grizz talk with this. Is What are you most excited about? when it comes to covering the Memphis Grizzlies?
2: Personally, I think it's just doing it more on a full-time basis because, like, as a student athlete, you only get so much time in a day to a lot, to whether it's watching sports or, in my case, covering sports. So to be able to do this for the Grizzlies now, where I'm not having to go to class or go to practice or go to, like, Work where I'm there at a softball practice or a soccer practice doing this and that. Now I can kind of focus on the Grizzlies more full time. Like, granted, in class, I was able to kind of incorporate the Grizzlies here and there. I've written two long form papers on the Grizzlies and got pretty good grades on them. <laughs> so to be able to kind of do some sports journalism where a school like Rose that doesn't have like a sports journalism major. It's still a good outlet. So to kind of just do it and just stick to it now, it's great.
0: Before we get, like, too deep into the Grizzly situation in Orlando and just kind of more on the topic about yourself, what was it along the way that made you think, um, I want to cover sports? Like, this is something I want to do, whether that's at a full-time capacity or whatever opportunities that come your way. What happened along your journey that made you decide that was something you wanted to do?
2: I think it's pretty much been my thing from day one man um, like if you go to my house the first baby picture you see is me with a football and a basketball in my hand. so I've loved sports since I came out the womb pretty much my dad was a college football player so I've been around sports my whole life whether it's football, basketball, baseball like it's whatever I love sports since I could talk pretty much so to be able to focus on that for a career that was a pretty easy decision especially once I realized I wasn't going pro I'm short something like 5'8 that that was out the window so to be able to stay around and talk about sports cover sports get to know these athletes whether they're my teammates or just members of the athletic department and now in this case getting to know people that love the Grizzlies and the fan base and the players and the people at Grind City Media is just something that's great
1: oh yeah absolutely and uh see Bryce you're fortunate you're you're a short king who got to go play college athletics eight guys <laughs> height that it stopped us from playing high school basketball so you know
0: hey I, hey, I played through my junior year give me some credit yes. here. okay yeah, I played okay. through freshman
1: year so uh, it's, all, it's all good
0: I played, I played AAU that, that counts for something
2: I gave up on basketball once I saw the height card wasn't just there. So I started the baseball and football and it, pan, it panned out.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. And so getting gritty into the Grizzlies' current situation right now, is how do you feel about the Grizzlies going into the bubble and their chances of retaining that eight seed?
2: I feel great. Now, obviously, the national media thinks otherwise, but I feel great. You know, um, they're rested which is something that obviously everyone is when you sit at home for as long as we've had to without basketball. And they're healthy for maybe the first time this season. That's something that's going to pay off. Because, I mean, even with job, ja, which has been this big story here the past couple of days with him kind of fully recovering from his knee injury and adding on to 12 pounds, like, with, for someone with bad knees, that long period of rest is great for someone that's had a knee Knee surgery like that. And then with him adding that 12 pounds, like on the surface, some would say maybe that's not a good idea because it might slow him down. Like I know, like even as a college football player, when I add on 10 pounds, I'm going to be a little bit slower, a little less explosive. But in the way he did it with the runs here in Memphis in the secret location, that's 12 pounds that's conditioned. That's something that a lot of these guys haven't had the privilege of doing. I know even like Jamal Murray was talking about yesterday where he doesn't feel like he's in basketball shape. John Morant may very well be one of the few people in that bubble in basketball shape because he's been playing basketball for weeks on end with NBA caliber players. So all of that, just makes me feel better about this situation. And even though we kind of overlook how this is operating because, oh, we want to see Zion against LeBron – the Grizzlies still control their own destiny. Like, does the playing game create an obstacle? Sure. I mean, it's basketball. There's a season full of obstacles. It's gonna happen. But the Grizzlies control their own destiny. They they win enough. They only have to play in the playing game. If they have a small lead, they have to play whoever's the non seed, but at the end of the day, this is a team at full strength that's young, angry. And they're ready to play, they're focused. So, to me, I think this is a team to watch out for.
0: Yeah. And I think there's something to say about the fact that your youth can breed off complacency. And I think I saw it on Twitter a week ago and it blew my mind when I saw it when Chris Middleton said that he had not picked up a basketball in three months before coming to training camp in Orlando. And I thought that might be the case for a good amount of players in the NBA, but I didn't expect anyone to actually be honest about it, to actually admit it. But what kind of leg up do you think that gives a team like the Grizzlies who are are young, who are hungry, and are angry, because this isn't an angle that I've heard a lot of people talk about, but they've essentially had an all-season to get better before coming to Orlando. Like, this was their all-season. They're not really going to get to have much of one going into next season. So take someone like John Morant, for instance, who put on 12 pounds of muscle, like he said he did, who's been playing pickup, who's been in these secret runs throughout Memphis, how different could he look to you in Orlando as compared to what he was as a four months ago as a rookie?
2: He's gonna be a better player. Right. Like he's he's gonna be more explosive. He's gonna jump higher. He's gonna move faster. Those runs were just as beneficial as any practice they had prior to the world shutting down. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Th- yeah. Those those twelve pounds, all all those dunks that he missed. Before COVID, oh, yeah. he's going to
0: finish them with authority now. Mm-hmm. Kevin Love's going to die at this time, <laughs> for what you're saying.
2: Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, yeah.
1: And, and even it goes even beyond John Morant. Uh, I mean, Justice Winslow, he was ready to play that next game. And so yeah. he got an extra four months to not even just get conditioned, but to work on his game. Because, I mean, his shooting percentages were close to, were probably about a career low. So he got to get his feet under him and get more jumpers in. And that's huge because, and in those two healthy seasons, his last two healthy seasons, he shot about 38% from three. So now you're adding a decent volume shooter at the three spot next to John Morant, a spot where the Grizzlies have had very little success as far as three point shooting goes. I mean, they had Jay Crowder who shot 29% on a high volume and then a guy that and Kyle Anderson that shot twenty six percent on a super low volume, that's just going to do a lot for that for the team spacing. Yeah. And another player too in that regard with another off season is Brandon Clark, another player who came into the suspension suspended. And I talked to him last week, and he said that he got another off season essentially as a way to see it as an opportunity of, of why can I get better. And so whether that's shooting at a higher volume, working on a shot in general, or further perfecting his floater. it It's the most locked in I've seen these this Grizzlies team all season, and it just leads me to so much excitement in this bubble.
2: Speaking of locked in, before I go back to your Justice Winslow point, I want to bring up what Jaron said yesterday, where he said as an only child, this bubble situation is pretty easy for him. Mm-hmm. Like he, all he needs is his PlayStation. It's just like being at home. I think situations like that also give – the Grizzlies a competitive advantage because you have guys like Jaren who are the only child. They're used to being alone. They got their PlayStation. They've got their teammates there. So it's a pretty easy transition for them. But you also guys have guys like Jonas who played overseas. This is like Christmas for them. They've already handled a lot worse situations than what they've got going down, down there with that bubble. Then back to Justice Winslow, He's finally getting to make his debut down there in that bubble. I wish he could have been here in the forum, but it helps the grizzlies on both sides of the floor. He's a more to me, he's a more athletic Kyle Anderson. Yeah, but also a better shooter he makes them better on both sides of the floor he's a positionless playmaker I didn't agree with how the Heat used him trying to make him a true point guard because even watching him at Duke he's not a point guard he's just someone that can bring the ball up the floor he gives someone it gives the Grizzlies an option to have job playing off the ball more and he's easy to be a switch defender too so now there's situations with the right lineup they don't have to play true man to man they can have Whatever pick and roll defense they want to play, and they just switch, and there's no real mismatch.
0: So, going into Orlando, John Moran is going to be John Moran. He's going to be at least the player that he was before the lockdown happened, and he's probably going to be even better than that. You know what he's going to bring night, or I guess a day by day basis now, judging by the play times that they're going to be having. You know what Jaron Jackson's going to bring, you know what Jonas Valanciunas is going to bring. Who is the one X factor for the Grizzlies that you think is going to be extremely pivotal towards their playoff chances? And if it's Justice Winslow again, that's fine. But I'm interested to see who you think that is.
2: I think Winslow is going to play an important part in their success down there. But there's also three other guys that kind of fly under the radar when we talk about Grizzlies basketball. That's Grayson Allen. If he's actually going to play, he's going to be important. He has started finding his his feet in Bill Street Blue for the first time right before he got hurt. So if he can return to even just what he was before he got hurt, that's going to be great for them because guess what? He can shoot. He can handle the ball. And you know he's going to play defense. He may annoy the hell out of you, but he's going to play defense. He's going to handle his business if he gets his opportunity. Then, honestly, Anthony Melton is going to be important to whatever the Grizzlies do. You know he's in the rotation, no matter how many guys – Jenkins decides to play. De'Anthony Melton is going to get his time, and whether it's on the defensive side of things or the offensive side of things, he's going to get things done for them. And it's going to make, especially if they make the playoffs and they have to see the Lakers in the first round now, with Rondo being out, and it's pretty much being the Car- Caruso show now. <laughs> De'Anthony Melton is going to cause some trouble. It's going to. There's no other way around it. Anthony Melton is going to cause some trouble on both sides of the floor. He may not score twenty points, and it may not look pretty in a in a stat sheet, but he's going to do his job. Mm-hmm. Then Josh Jackson, he's finally to get finally going to get his chance to just play basketball. Now. He's he's been incorporated to the team, so now it's just about playing basketball, getting chemistry with the guys that were injured while he was getting his first run with the team. But now he's a Memphis Grizzly. There's no – he might go back down to the so He's here to stay now. So Josh Jackson, who was pretty much taken over toward the end there, he was becoming a primary playmaker when he was in the game. So Josh, Josh Jackson has a chance to really prove a lot of haters wrong and show why he was worth being where he
0: was picked a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Right, let's throw the pot for a second and Parker. Hey, like, hey, hey Nate. What?
1: I, I gotta be honest with you, breaking news sure. between the wrestling comparisons and standing and Grayson and Allen, I might have a new co-host. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but I, I'm gonna be honest, I was just totally lost in the little wrestling bit there for a minute <laughs> and a half. I was just letting y'all have it, letting y'all have a good time. But Parker, like this is a question for you too, and I've never really yeah. heard it posed yet because <laughs> Um, I feel like the national media people would laugh at us for even suggesting it. But the Anthony Melton, who's arguably the third best guard on the Grizzlies, I guess you could make an argument for second. The Anthony Melton by himself is better than any individual guard in the Lakers' rotation. I, I don't. Who, who, who Who's the competition here? Caruso? Bradley's not playing. He t- you- Caldwell Pope?
1: It depends on how you classify KCP and Danny Green. Do you classify them as wings or guards? Because if that's the case... Danny Green
0: is a wing. Mean, you can't handle the basketball. Yeah. Well, if, you're a car, it, if that's it, If that's how you qualify, then yeah,
2: Danny Green is a wing. But to me, Danny Green is a two, which is pretty much what Milton plays. They just have two yeah. methods of going at it.
0: Yeah, I guess yeah, I, I could see that. So back to the original question is, and I was ma- uh, making that point for a reason, how much could the Grizzlies push the Lakers in a seven-game series in Orlando?
2: Do you two want to answer first before I really start a
0: pot? I think it is going to be an extremely competitive five-game series. <laughs> I think would be the right way to put it. And I think they could get a game. I absolutely think they could. I think um, their youth gives them an edge. Um, they're not going to have the level of complacency that the Lakers might have in the opening round of the playoffs, especially when they're looking across the aisle at a team like the Grizzlies who are not supposed to be a threat to them. Um, and the Grizzlies are not. The Grizzlies cannot beat the Lakers in a seven-game series – But they do have the talent to pull off a single game. Jaron Jackson could hit six or seven threes in one game, win the Grizzlies a game. Parker, you and I talked about it in a previous podcast that Josh Jackson, even if the Grizzlies are using him at the end of the rotation, he's the type of guy who has the talent, even at the end of a rotation, to be able to make pivotal plays to help you win a basketball game. And if the Grizzlies have guys who are that impactful at the end of their rotation, I firmly believe that enough guys could go off or even one guy like Jaron could go off on one night to give them a victory over the Lakers at least one time in a seven game series. And we've seen them come very close. They were able to beat the Lakers at full strength without Jaron Jackson earlier this year. They were also very competitive against them in two other games. They've been able to hold their own in that way. And I've, I wouldn't be surprised if they got blown out in a game or two in a seven-game series, but I would expect them to be competitive in each game and also be able to win one game.
1: Yeah, I I had them in five, or have the Lakers winning in five. If they get to six, which is, I mean, it's possible. They're they're losing a lot of depth at the guard position between Rajon Rondo and Avery Bradley. Granted, there's a very wide scope of – how Rajon Rondo is viewed as a player. But at the end of the day, you're losing a veteran point guard that's played high level basketball almost his entire career. And adding that extra playmaker off the bench, especially one of Rondo's caliber, that's huge. Is he going to do anything for spacing? No. But at the end of the day, it's another space, another ball mover, another playmaker. And when he's locked in, it's he's another defender. Um, so if they can find some sort of advantage with Tyus Jones, De'Anthony Melton, and Brandon Clark off the bench, a trio that's probably one of the best trios off the bench in basketball, sure, I can see them stealing a game or two. We'll see. But as the Grizzlies are locked in, LeBron's even more locked in. Bryce, go ahead. Go ahead with your fiery take. I-
2: First, I will push back. They still got more playmakers. Now, granted, these playmakers are going to play absolutely no defense, but Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith still can Mm -hmm. come off the bench and make some shots. Mm -hmm. Now, Caruso is probably the only defense they have at the guard spot now. Because, I mean, Danny Green is serviceable, but he's not going to just lock anyone down. That being said, I do think they could take two games because we have to consider this. This is a neutral site. We're not playing at Staples Center. You're not playing at the grindhouse. This is one arena, and everybody's packed in there. There's no real home court advantage outside of if you want to call LeBron having home court advantage. This is just basketball, and anyone can get hot. And that lack of depth that we talked about, I think that's why you can see the Grizzlies just getting hot once or twice and stealing two. They're not going to win the series. Like, I've I've come to terms with that. I know some people in our fan base haven't, but – if they do, I'd love to see it because that's a
0: lot of trash I can talk. But two games doesn't surprise me if it happens. The Grizzlies can win the series with the COVID, with the COVID asterisk. <laughs> I'll take it. If LeBron gets a ten day quarantine, the Grizzlies could win the series. Absolutely, I do. All,
2: apparently, all he has to do is step over some line. So and he's <laughs> stuck in his room for eight days. So
0: <laughs>
2: just have to order him some takeout and have him go get it.
0: Yeah, (laughs) you got to think outside. Um, Difficult problems require difficult solutions, right? So LeBron is a difficult problem. So I think the Grizzlies would have to think outside the box for solutions like that. Mm -hmm.
1: Do
2: what you have to do to win.
1: Yeah, so uh, I want to close the show with this question. I mean, I'll answer it for myself first, but the Grizzlies are playing – the Trailblazers, the Spurs, the Pelicans, Jazz, Thunder, Raptors, Celtics, and Bucks during this eight game stretch. What are you most excited about? And for me, I'm ready to see the Grizzlies play the Raptors. One, because they're playing Marcus All, but two, it just been reported by Grind City Media's. Kelsey Wright Johnson that both teams are going to wear their throwbacks for that game
0: oh
2: heck yeah so that that just, it just popped up on my it, phone too.
0: No, yeah. Wait, did I have the notification? I did not. Y'all are a little more connected than I am.
1: But. Oh, and, and for like an uh, an NBA Twitter perspective, we also get to see D'Anthony Melton versus Ole Miss Rebel Terrence Davis. So that's oh, another the, reason the, to be
0: excited. The analytic nerds are gonna have a field day. It's going to be great for sure. So,
1: uh, so Bryce, that's yes. my question. What are you most excited about in this eight game stretch in the bubble?
2: I'm gonna say the obvious one, just to have basketball back on my TV. Because mm-hmm. you know, sitting here in my apartment with you know, not much to watch outside of like Andy Griffith reruns and Family Guy reruns. <laughs> when, as far as like on cable TV, I will take basketball in any form. Like I've watched a basketball tournament that's been on the past couple of days. So the last, I mean, the most, the thing I'm most excited about is just basketball being back on my TV. As far as the Grizzlies, I'm just. Ready to see them prove the nation wrong because, you know, the national narrative is, oh, the Grizzlies are going to blow it. Here come the Pelicans. Here come the Blazers. Here come the Kings. Here come the Suns. The table's stacked against them, and this is Memphis's chance to be Memphis, you know, because Memphis, the city itself, always has the odds stacked against them. And here we are once again having to prove people wrong. Personally, I think as long as they beat the playing teams, they're playing with house money. The Bucks and Celtics may be dialing it back by the time the Grizzlies didn't even see them because their spot solidified. The Eastern Conference is terrible after the first four or five teams. You know, the Brooklyn Nets are the Harlem Globetrotters at this point. The Wizards Mm -hmm. are just kind of there with Brad Beal being at home. Like, these Eastern Conference teams that are at the top that we see toward the end, they might just call it, especially with Taylor Jenkins having a relationship with a couple of their coaches. It's – there's a chance for this to go in the Grizzlies direction a lot further than maybe four and four. I'll say that much.
0: Bryce, I I didn't make you aware of this rule before the podcast started. So it's my fault. Okay. But I heard you mentioned that the Brooklyn Nets are like the Harlem Globetrotters. Um, Chris Chioza, White uh, White Station, standout slander is not allowed on this podcast. Chris oh,
2: that's G- my guy.
0: That's Chris my is a Nathan Chester all star, so I will not <laughs> have any, any slander of him on this podcast. Hey man, they're down to seven
2: players. He he knows what's up.
0: Hey, I'm just ready for Jamal Crawford and Michael Beasley to show out like it's 2009. <laughs> we got to make sure Jamal Crawford gets up the floor first. You know, he's <laughs> a little up there in age.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right, Nate, what about yourself? What are you excited about in this eight game stretch?
0: Bryce hit the nail on the head when it's just basketball. Um, I don't think I realize just how much I miss live sports until it's actually going to come back. But I'm actually, and I'll put this officially on social media here in the next few days, but I'll go ahead and say it on the podcast. I've taken a job as a youth pastor at Grizzly Bear Blues' own Brandon Abrahams Church, and I'll be starting that next week. So I'm looking forward to, like, hiding my iPad under my desk at work watching the Grizzly games in Orlando. So at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, because apparently that's when we're going to be watching NBA games for the foreseeable future. So I'm excited to just have basketball back. I'm excited to watch the young phenoms, the Memphis Grizzlies, have their opportunity to show not only – How good they are, but how much they've grown here in the last four months. And that was in my article that was published this morning, talking about how the Grizzlies have grown during this time, both figuratively and literally. John Morant has gotten bigger, Jaron Jackson has literally gotten bigger. But I want to see how far they've come together as a team and how much they're going to be able to rise to this challenge right in front of them. I can't wait for it.
1: I'm actually surprised that you didn't say that you're most looking forward to John Morant dunking on Rudy Gobert.
0: Okay, as much as Chris slander is not allowed, Rudy Gobert's slander is not only allowed but also encouraged in the Core 4 podcast. And if John Grant does dunk it on Rudy Gobert. Um Parker, I'll probably need to take a couple of weeks off from the site. Like, I, uh, my, there will be so much tears of joy in my eyes that I won't be able to see the screen to even be able to type on it in for the foreseeable future. So I'm uh, just going ahead and putting that disclaimer out there now.
1: Mm-hmm. And then one more disclaimer yes, this slander came before the uh, season suspension. So it's not because Rudy Gobert's. <laughs> Uh, it's always been there it has always been there the slander has always been there from nathan chester
0: donovan mitchell and i i'd like to thank your kindred spirits and how we feel about rudy gobert <laughs> all right
1: so to wrap up bryce let the people know where they can find you
2: uh you can find me on twitter at next prodigy nxt prodigy um I don't know if can not the hustle is going to go much longer depends on this whole job situation. Since it was kind of a road centered podcast, but we'll see. Um, Yeah. Find me on Twitter at next prodigy. It's not going to be all basketball, especially not coming from a college football player. So yeah, basketball, baseball, football, you're going to get everything from that account, man.
1: Awesome stuff. We're glad to have you on board, Bryce. Appreciate that. And Nate, let the people know where they can find you.
0: You can find me on Twitter at Nathan Chester 24, and you can find all my Grizzlies-related content at grizzlybearblues.com. And as always, don't cancel me.
1: All right. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at paca underscore flocka. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, downloading, whatever you need to do for the Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And make sure you follow the Twitter at the Core 4 Podcast with the number four, not the word four. Nate, I'll let you have know the honors.
0: That's all, folks.